Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the From the Sidelines podcast. I am here with Chad Davis and Josh Duvall. How's it going? How's it going? And today we're going to give you our takes on an exciting NBA free agency. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FTS pod and check out our website from the sidelines blog. All right, gents, before we get into the most exciting free agency of our lifetime, first, I would like to personally and on behalf of the podcast, congratulate our U.S. women's national team for winning the World Cup uh, two times in a row. How about that? Yeah, congratulations to the U.S. women's team for winning. I would honestly rather have them play in place of our boys team. <laughs> That's big facts. Maybe maybe throw them out there when our men men's team has a game. Maybe they'll actually qualify at least for the World Cup. I don't know. We could just have Alex Morgan sipping tea. Pinky's out. All right. So, like Devin said in the intro, we will recap the most important free agency signings for this year. Uh, first one, I think the most important to me. Let's start with Enos Cantor. Two years for ten mil with the Boston Celtics. Nah, I'm just kidding. Kawhi I Leonard. Was, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate, ultimate troll move. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the most coveted free agent of 2019, signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. The Lakers fell short. Kawhi signed a two plus one deal worth 103 mil with a player option the third year. Kawhi dropped a bombshell. The night of the fourth. Nobody knew what was going on. He has the quietest camp alive. And he was just looking for that second player to go with him to the Clippers. Uh, Ever since he left San Antonio, we knew he wanted to play for the Clippers, wanted to live in L.A. And he just needed that extra superstar to go with him. Um, So big shout out to Sam Presti for getting a haul of the century for Paul George. And um, we'll see how the West shakes out. But... uh, I like what the Clippers did. I like what the Thunder did. Um, when you trade for Paul George and sign Kawhi in one offseason, you, you you, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. Can I just say something? When I woke up that morning, I had like almost 10 notifications about that whole trade with Paul George that I no one saw coming. And the first one I saw was like, it said something to the effect of, how the Clippers pulled off this magnificent deal or something like that. And I was like, wait, what? And so then I scroll through the rest of them, and then I see, oh, the Thunder trade away Paul George for this record-breaking draft pick, Paul. I was like, good night. Yep. You know, at this point, I'm all for the Thunder rebuild, though. Like, we got so many picks. Four first-round unprotected picks throughout the next six years. Like, that's crazy. Not to mention, we got Gildas Alexander from the Clippers. Still have Hamadou and Terrence Ferguson. We're going to have like a ton of young guys that we can just work with, build around, and hopefully build a really nice core. And not to mention all the cap space we're going to have, especially if we get rid of Russell Westbrook. Um, when we get rid of Russell Westbrook? When, not yeah, if, when. when. <laughs> that's, a, that's on the docket. That's the only way the rebuild's going to work. We just got to get rid of his contract. One thing I will say about the contract who would want that? <laughs> He's great and all, but like, let's be real. Who would want that? I don't know. If I'm Sam Presti, I'm giving it to anybody. Like, I don't care who the team is. I don't care if the Grizzlies offer us 
freaking Bruno Caboclo for Russell Westbrook. I'm getting rid of that contract. What position does Bruno Caboclo play? Pretty sure he's a small forward, power forward. <laughs> he's a versatile player. He can he can play any any position. <laughs> he plays for the Grizzlies, right? Hold on. Up. I don't even know who you're talking. About. <laughs> I, thought, I think you made up a player. I thought I thought you were. Going, I, I swear to God, I didn't. Yep, Bruno Caboclo plays for the Grizzlies. Okay. And he's 6'9", so he's a forward. Boom. We also got rid of Jeremy Grant, which, I mean, that also clears up a little bit of cap space because he was earning, what, like 7 mil a year? Love getting free first-round picks for nothing. Love it. Good moves. I'm a Jeremy Grant hater. Really? I I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right. Yeah, he was he was good from good from distance. He shot That's like thirty nine percent from three. Yeah, but the the roster the Thunder had they just weren't good. Didn't really click. First round exits every single year, no matter what they did. Um, it's time for the rebuild, and that means getting getting rid of players who <laughs> who just can't play together. I don't guess, or they don't have good chemistry, or what. But yeah, and when you look at what the Thunder did, I wouldn't even consider it a full rebuild. Uh, like some teams like uh, the Nets had to do a few years ago. Um, it's kind of more of a retool. Um, they still acquired uh, Gallinari on an expiring. Um, they still have Russ if they decide to keep him. Uh, Patrick Patterson's expiring. Steven Adams, which is a big cap hit, but still a good center nonetheless. Um, and when the, all the upcoming assets, the Darius Basley pick, the Thunder are still poised to not even bottom out. Yeah, the Knicks have been rebuilding every year. Hey, you know, when you think about when you think about all the duos that have come out of this free agency, you know, KD, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Steph Curry, D'Lo, the Knicks also have a quite quite a good duo in a cap and space. It's just a shame that nobody wants to sign there. Well, it's hard to sign there when James Dolan won't sign you. Like he did, he wouldn't sign KD to a max contract just because of his injury. I don't blame. You're the Knicks. What? You're the Knicks. I don't blame him on that one. KD only signed a three plus one. He's not going to play the first year. You could potentially be spending a hundred plus mil for him to play two years, approaching age thirty-four, off an Achilles tear. I'm fine with not taking the gamble. Well, now he's at the team across the street. So what good does that do you? They had to hold off on Kawhi and KD to get those real. Big names, you know, that were still left in free agency, like Bobby Portis and Wayne Ellington. You know, only the true stars of the league. Ooh, ooh, speaking of those, the Knicks committed $110 million to three power forwards. Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, and Bobby Portis. That's the Knicks for you. Yep. That's a loaded roster. Might break 20 wins. Well, speaking of New York... Brooklyn Nets got quite a big haul, signing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, both for max deals, and for whatever reason, they wanted to play with DeAndre Jordan. I don't know why, but anyway, DeAndre Jordan there as well. If I'm Jared Allen, I'm upset about that, because that's just going to take away from his playing time, and he's he's a good young player. I'd want to develop his game, because I'd, ra- I'd still honestly rather start him over DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan's washed up. That's pretty apparent. I mean, if it were Clippers DeAndre Jordan, then I'd be like, oh, that's good. But 
It's not. <laughs> Maybe like 2011, 12. <laughs> yeah, back when Lob City was a thing. Yeah, poor Jared Allen. You're going to submit playing time to someone who's not as good as you are. I mean, do you think, uh, do you think the Nets can be contenders whenever Kevin Durant comes back? It, it all depends on how he heals from the injury and what percentage of KD they actually get. If they get anything less than 80%, it's going to be tough. And when you look at... I, I just don't like the moves, honestly. When you look at Kyrie Irving and what he did to the Celtics, um, they built their own version of what Danny Ainge thought was a super team. And before Gordon Hayward got hurt, it looks like that would be the case. But you can see how one injury can just derail a team and kind of the... Havoc that Kyrie caused in the Celtics locker room uh, with Jalen Brown and Tatum and all of the young guys uh, really stunning their growth. And I'm afraid that might happen to players like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert if Kyrie doesn't right the ship. I just feel like, and when Kevin Durant comes back, I just feel like they're not going to be, they're not going to work well together because they're both players who are looking to lead their own team and they're both very ball dominant players. I don't see how they can share the workload when they're both really stubborn players. Well, let's look at it from this perspective. The Nets got a 16 in the East last year with a bunch of solid dudes, but like only one all-star in D'Angelo Russell. Now they don't have Durant for a year, and they downgraded at point guard with Kyrie. I don't see a much significant jump for them. Now, maybe when Kevin Durant comes back, and like Devin said, how he heals from the injury, maybe they can contend, but I don't I don't see them as an NBA powerhouse, though. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they took a step back this year. I kind of expect that, actually, with the East getting a little more deep with some teams like Miami making moves and stuff like that. Wouldn't surprise me at all, actually, if the Nets took a step back this year. Well, speaking of, since Kyrie left Boston for Brooklyn, let's talk about Boston getting Kimball Walker. How do you think they're going to be this year? Honestly, I think they're going to be better off. I feel like Kimball Walker is more of a leader than Kyrie Irving, and then I, I feel like he's just ready to lead his own team, actually decent team, to make the playoffs. I kind of expect the same from the Celtics, actually. Yeah, I still kind of think they're one piece away. Uh, they have some moves they could make to definitely acquire a guy at the deadline uh, if they if they're trying to make the push this year. But I think Kemba will definitely facilitate better with uh, players like Jalen Brown and Tatum. Uh, he won't be as ball dominant. Uh, he can still get his, create better shots for his teammates. Uh, the Al Horford departure might be a bigger loss than some people might anticipate. But I still like Boston didn't necessarily have to rebuild or take a year off. They were able to just sign another superstar point guard. Well, now I'll actually mention Enos Cantor for real this time. You get him for two years in 10 mil. The value in that is just a huge steal. You can kind of help fill the void that Al Horford left. Uh, but And they also got an upgrade at point guard in Kemba Walker. Again, there's there, I, don't, I don't see them as a, as a complete roster yet. I think they're still missing. I don't think Grant Williams will be good. Robert Williams still needs to develop some, but yeah. I think with like the new changes in the roster, it can give Jason Tatum more room to grow and potentially grow into the all-star that everybody expects him to be. 
So maybe he could have a breakout year next year. Yeah, I like what uh, Tatum did his rookie season, as everyone did. Um, but he definitely took a step back last year, had a more passive play style, didn't attack the rim as much, settled for jumpers, the infamous long twos. Kind of just a just a kind of black hole style of offense from a bunch of guys on that team. And we have to mention it, as it was probably the worst and most atrocious signing of the entire free agency period, coming from none other than uh, Michael Jordan, you know, the same owner that wouldn't pay a uh, luxury tax to keep Kemba Walker. But, you know, cheapscapes are cheapscapes. But we'll, we'll hand out uh, $58 million to a uh, below-average point guard uh, that sits the bench for a decent playoff team. Sounds like a great idea, guys. If you're not big into free agency, we're talking about Terry Rozier, by the way. <laughs> 58 mil. Can you hear that? Terry Rozier, 58 mil. What is wrong with the NBA? But, yeah, no, that's, that's a bad deal. Bad, bad deals. Um, like you said, he sat on the bench all of his Celtics career, except for when Kyrie was injured. It's like, what What do they expect from him? Do they think he's going to be an all-star? He's definitely not going to be Kimba's caliber. Like, the Hornets just doing Hornets things and getting worse after every year because they decided to make dumb decisions. So now they don't. Who who who's their best player now? Terry like is Terry Rozier their best player, or is it Jeremy Lamb? Because no, Jeremy I, Lamb signed with the Pacers. They don't oh, have yeah. Jeremy Lamb. They let him walk too. Nick Batum. I don't even know who's on their team. Marvin Williams. Oh yes, the goat, Marvin Williams. Forgot about him. Yeah, uh, Cody Zeller. They have, the amount of cap they have tied up in just washed up garbage players is absolutely laughable. They're going to need Monk or Bridges or P.J. Washington to develop into a star if they want to survive. But who knows? Maybe in 20 years they'll actually be, you know, decent. I don't... Hey, jo- Josh, years, Josh, Josh. Do you think uh, Nicholas Batum should be worth $25 uh, million dollars a year? No. What about Bismack Biombo, 17? <laughs> That's a good one. Bismack Biombo. <laughs> keep going. Just keep going. Oh, Marvin so Williams, 15. Marvin oh Williams, 15. God. Yeah, keep him, keep him Cody coming. Cody Zeller, 14. Cody Zeller looks like he's 80 years old. Oh, MKG, 13. I love MKG, but... I hate to hate on my Kentucky guy, but... Yeah, he's trash. He has the ugliest shot in NBA. Yeah, so uh, their, uh, their, their cap is going to those uh, players. I just don't get it. Are they trying to tank? Because if they're trying to tank, obviously they're doing the worst job at it. Because, yes, they're tanking player-wise. They have awful players, but they're paying them a lot of money. Why? Why? Uh, Moving to the more important departure from the Boston Celtics, um, Al Horford, the Philadelphia 76ers, made a big move, signing him for a four-year max deal worth $109 million. I'm a little skeptical on this deal. If you're going to sign Tobias Harris, why commit such a large amount to Al Horford, um, especially when he's age 33? Um, this could go badly in a couple years. There's no way they can keep all these salaries together with the Ben Simmons extension looming and Joel Embiid's contract. So they got to make do, a move somehow. I do like their team right now, but if they don't do anything with it, if they don't win a championship before all these salaries, like, or before uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have to sign new salaries, I just see it failing. But right now, I think it's good. I think this next year they'll be good. You know, they've got Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. So I think they'll be pretty solid. They've just got to contend and try and win a championship. 
Otherwise, I don't. What's the point? <laughs> well, Ben Simmons is going to have to do more than just just chill on offense. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get a shot. And you got it to get a shot. You have to actually be willing to shoot threes. You can't be wide open with players ten feet away from you and stand there hesitating on whether or not you should take a three because you're too scared. Well, going back to Tobias Harris, uh, that deal for five years, 180 mil, only 10 mil cheaper than Clay Thompson, five year, 190 mil. What? What's? Someone tell me what's wrong with that picture. Uh, in two years, that could be an atrocious contract. Right the now, massive... it's an atrocious contract. That's too much for Tobias Harris. Yeah, I mean, he's a, gr- he's a great player, but he's not worth that much. He's 10 million less than Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson's incredible. The massive extension for guys that are just barely all-stars, I just don't get it. It repeatedly fails, and even when the players are good, like John Wall, you don't, you don't know what can happen, and you're stuck in NBA purgatory for three years. Yeah, and speaking of John Wall, maybe Tobias Harris can just be walking to his bathroom and slip and get injured, you know? Sound <laughs> <laughs> another year and make free money. Yeah, they, the 76ers are going to have to make a good playoff push and win a championship if they want to, you know, actually have a process. You know, they've been saying, trust the process. Well, this is where the process needs to end, and the end is a championship. And if they don't get that, then I'd be upset if I were a Philly fan, especially with where they're going to be going here in a few years. Speaking of Philly, though, Jimmy Butler used to play for Philly. Not anymore. Now he plays for Miami. What do you guys think about that? Do you think he's worth $142 million over the next four years? Yeah, I like the Jimmy Butler um, contract, at least. I don't know that I like it for Miami, per se. doesn't really seem like he fits um, what they're trying to do with the young <laughs> asset rebuild, unless they acquire uh, Westbrook, that is. But Jimmy Butler definitely has the dynamic personality, to put it one way. Um, but he definitely cares about winning that's been apparent everywhere he's been and i guess philly ended badly just like everywhere else and he wanted the chance to move on and south beach is south beach is where where he's gonna go lose next and then he's gonna be like well i don't like this place so i don't know let me try the grizzlies maybe i'll have better luck there gonna lose there oh didn't like that well maybe i'll go try the knicks oh they're still figuring out with their free agency they can't get anybody oh well don't like them either so maybe eventually he'll decide to go somewhere that could actually win and then he'll be happy but until he decides to be smart and does what he actually wants to do he's going to go nowhere (laughs) tell us how you really feel josh You want to get win, go to winning teams. You don't go to barely mediocre teams. Well, while we're talking about the Heat, I need to buy Pat Riley a drink real quick for uh, finally getting rid of Hassan Whiteside. Big moves, big moves. Smart man, smart man. He's now Portland's problem now. Portland's so dumb. Why? Why on earth would they get Hassan Whiteside? Yeah, I don't know. They let both their wings walk in. Harkless and Aminu, but oh, we'll pay uh, Hassan Whiteside's contract. Yeah, sure thing. Which is absolutely stupid. I mean, they already have Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, I know he's going to be out, but like, I would rather save that money and get somebody else that's actually decent and worth the money than 
have Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I just don't see Hassan Whiteside being playable in a playoff series, honestly. He was good for a year or two, boosted his 2K rating. Uh, but yeah, it's, he's just not the move for anybody. Uh, nothing about Portland. Going back to the East, Pacers, questionable decision-making. One, letting Bogdanovich walk to the Jazz, and then signing Malcolm Brogdon on a lucrative four-year, 85-mil contract. And they had to give up a first-round pick to make sure that um, the Bucks relinquished his qualifying offer. That that might be one of my least favorite moves all behind the Terrier contracts. You can find serviceable point guards that are almost as good as Malcolm Brogdon for much better deals and that don't cost you a first-round pick. Especially when you could uh, re-sign Bogdanovich for less. He went for four years, $73 million. He was your best player after Oladipo got hurt. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, if nothing else, you re-sign Bogey. You make that your number one priority. I don't understand some of the moves these teams make. I don't get it. And then you sign a worse player for a worse for a bigger contract. <sighs> Jeremy Lamb signing was good, but I just one good move cancels out one bad move. Well, I just don't really know how Jeremy Lamb will fit whenever Victor Oladipo comes back. Uh, he's still a he's still a wing that can get his own shot. Yeah, I mean they could probably move him over to the three. Well, speaking of um, Bogey getting moved, he got moved to the Jazz, who also happened to get Mike Conley. Uh, I kind of like what the Jazz have going for him right now. You know, they got Donovan Mitchell, Bogey, Mike Conley, Gobert. They've got something going. I mean, Mike Conley's old, but he still produces, so hopefully he can keep producing for the next couple of years. Hey, don't forget Joe Ingles. Oh, yeah, Jiggly Joe. That's the guy. Oh, yeah, but I like the moves the Utah Jazz made, and they'll definitely have the sleeper appeal all offseason. They've already had it started um, with the moves they've made. Um, but they definitely have the scores needed in crunch time for postseason games, kind of the one-two punch of Conley and Mitchell. Um, yeah, so when you put all those pieces together, it seems like a nice fit. Should work nicely, I think, for a postseason run. They're still not winning nothing. Oh, yeah, I know. There's no way they're going to win a championship, but their team's they, better, and they can actually maybe make a little playoff run. Well, continuing out west, the Warriors signing D'Angelo Russell, uh, probably going to trade him sometime next year. And then Willie Cauley-Stein also signing for a very cheap one-year 1. 1.7 mil. I don't know why he did that. He's worth more. Um I think it's good for the Warriors, honestly. I mean, Kali Stein will be a good fit. He's a big man who can play defense, and they've obviously got really good shooters on their team, so just they just needed that guy down low, that anchor who can just protect the rim and get some shots down low when they need it, and he'll be a good fit. Yeah, just when everyone thought the Warriors' uh, reign was completely over and they were going to have to rebuild with the two devastating injuries, they are able to do a sign-and-trade with D'Lo, um, move Iguodala's old contract, uh, get some cheap, fresh legs in there with Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, even re-sign Kevon Looney to a 
three-year 15 mil. I like that deal. So, yeah, the Warriors, as long as they can stay in the playoff hunt and Clay gets back in March, could be another postseason run. I don't, I don't really see them as a contender personally this year. Um, <laughs> what? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Hello? Uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, DeMarcus Cousins, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. You said they weren't a contender. <laughs> They'll be contending with those teams, I promise you. They're still the Warriors. And now they actually have a big man to use. Yeah, I guess. They won, they won the title before KD. Keep in mind. With Harrison Barnes. Harrison <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, 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 mean, I don't think they're going to be a one seed, though. Well, obviously no. not. It's a four seed. Well, that sounds like a contender to me, but... I just don't see them getting past either of the L.A. teams. Well, speaking of L.A., the Lakers signed, obviously traded for Anthony Davis, and then also signed Boogie, Marcus Cousins, for one year. Uh, re-signed Rondo, and also going to play LeBron at the point guard. Kuzma there, too, my boy. Also got Avery Bradley. Okay, well, if we're going to say Avery Bradley, we, they also got Jared Dudley. If we're, if we're going that far. Avery Bradley is much better than Jared Dudley. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley was garbage. He's solid. I mean, he's not He's not great, but he's definitely better than Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> his name's Dudley. His last name's Dudley for a reason. He looks like a milk dud. Ooh, that was hilarious. <laughs> no laughs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, pu- we'll pump in some uh, crowd laughter for you on that one, Josh. All right. Or just put crickets. <laughs> That'd be funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jared Dudley averages five a game, and Avery Bradley averages ten. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, he's going to be somebody who can come off their bench. Just a nice, decent player. Ah, sure. Might play like seven minutes a game. I don't know. All right, so now that we've taken an in-depth look at all the exciting off-season moves that have happened over the past uh, week and a half or so, um, how do you think this all shakes out? Who do you think um, who do you think will take the conference crown? For the West, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I like LeBron, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. I just like their entire team now. Um, they got Kuzma and Rondo as well. I just I just like their team as a whole better. They also have a better duo than uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Paul George also having shoulder surgery. Um, gonna come back on a bit of a delay to start the season. But I do I also like the Clippers lineup as well. It could be a toss up between either team. They resigned all their guys: Harrell, Lou Will, Patrick Beverly. Um, it'll be it'll be a good race to watch. But I'm I'm going to go with Lakers for that. You know, one thing I actually heard was that the Lakers are thinking about having DeMarcus Cousins come off the bench, at least at the start of the year, and have um, JaVale McGee start over him. What do you guys think about that? I'm sorry? JaVale McGee starting? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Over DeMarcus Cousins. Assuming DeMarcus is healthy, are we really <laughs> are we really considering that? Yeah. Why? Are, oh, oh. That's that's horrendous. Whew. 
That's just my take, but I mean, I definitely think DeMarcus is the better player, but I mean, having a good person off the bench isn't necessarily a bad thing. DeMarcus isn't that type, though. He's not gonna. Be, he's not gonna. Be yeah, okay. no, he's not gonna be okay with it. He's he's gonna pull a Carmelo Anthony and demand a starting position. So, Devin, what do you think about that? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, who cares? That's, that's what I think. You got LeBron James. You got Anthony Davis. <laughs> I really don't care. I really don't care if Javale McGee's on your team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. But uh, put one of our co-hosts to sleep with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But uh, Chad, what do you think? Who do you think is going to come out of the East? My East pick, I'm going to roll with the Bucks again. They got just about their entire team coming back. Giannis will be another year better. Uh, got rid of Malcolm Brogdon, which is a good move in my opinion. Resigned Chris Middleton, resigned Brooke Lopez. Uh, I think they're the team in the East to beat again. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think the Bucks are going to come out on the East as well. I think the only other team in the East that actually has a chance against them would be the 76ers. Other than that, the East kind of takes a bit of a dip for next year, I think. As far as the West goes, no, yeah, it's definitely going to be Los Angeles, without a doubt. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Going out on a limb there. Going out on a limb, it's going to be Los Angeles. You get two for the price of one. Yep. Heard it here first. Los Angeles. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. Um, I think the Western Conference champion, Denver Nuggets. It's hard to dislike the Nuggets. I, I, I don't think that... that the, okay, sure, sure. I mean, Paul George is still recovering from his shoulder surgery. Um, he'll be missing a few weeks. Who knows how the Lakers will fit together and if LeBron, or AD for that matter, can stay healthy for most of the season. And um, Kawhi takes quite a few games off. Um, doesn't he has that workload management? Um, when you look at like the team, like the Nuggets, all they did was re-sign Paul Millsap and add Jeremy Grant. Um, Jamal Murray takes another step. Chad's boy uh, Jokic with another year under his belt. So I don't know exactly how dominant regular season teams the Lakers and Clippers will be. And uh, going out east, I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers over the Bucks. Just like the complete team a little bit more than what the Bucks have to offer. Well, I don't think Brooke Lopez will be able to keep up <laughs> the dominant postseason form. Um, I think the Malcolm Brogdon loss will be a little more detrimental than people kind of think. Um, but they did re-sign Chris Middleton, and when you have Giannis, the reigning MVP on your team, it's hard to go against, but... I uh, like what the 76ers did this offseason, and hopefully they can get a lucky bounce in the postseason. One thing I wanted to say about the Nuggets is they also have Michael Porter Jr., and he could be something. Ooh, That's something to consider. Could be rookie of the year. <laughs> ben Simmons 2.0. And moving on from free agency, let's talk a little bit about uh, Summer League. Just a little. Just a wee bit. Yeah, just a wee bit. Let me tell you what I think about that. Tyler Hero, boy's been killing it. Absolutely killing it, knocking down shots, driving in the lane, hitting nice floaters. He's been killing it. 
I've, I've been loving everything I see out of him, and I think Pat Riley will be too. I don't want to speak too soon because it's just the summer league, but Tyler Hero has like the Devin Booker potential. Like he can just go off at any point and maybe develop into the star for the Heat along with Jimmy Butler. Or if, I don't know if Jimmy Butler leaves after half a year. Maybe he'll be the guy then. But yeah, uh, he'll definitely make the roster. Um, they found a gym, I think. The only, thing I'm, the only thing I'm worried about is the fact that they did get Jimmy Butler. And like they have Jimmy Butler and Justice Winslow. And I feel like I, I just want to see Tyler Hero get a lot of minutes. And I want to see him really develop. And I just feel like if he's behind those two guys, it might be a little bit difficult for him. I think he still will develop into something really good. But I think it'll be a little bit harder with the addition of Jimmy Butler on the team. And let me be clear. I, I did say Devin Booker potential. I didn't mean he's going to come out <laughs> against 70 points against the Celtics. <laughs> Let's make that clear. And then R.J. Barrett, kind of a disappointment for the Knicks so far. Overshadowed by the real star, Braz Dacus. <laughs> you know? he, dropped 30, he dropped 30 in game two. He's a real, he's a real stud. One summer league game. <laughs> <laughs> One guy that's kind of stood out to me a little bit is Jackson Hayes. Um, he's been killing it. He's been, he's had insane blocks. He literally blocked somebody while hitting his elbow against the rim. He, uh, he had 28 points the other night. 20 minutes in his debut against the Bulls. What? I'm not a Jackson Hayes guy. I'm really not. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I just don't like the pick at all. Didn't like him at Texas. I just I just don't see it, but that's just me. I mean, I didn't really like him at it either, but he's impressing me in the Summer League. I mean, I know it's just Summer League, but he's doing good. I guess he's an athletic big man, but like, yikes. So, they can go so many ways. Just look at, like, Mo Bamba. Like, I don't know. Not my type of player. Also, Taco Fall. Eh? Eh? Big old Taco? I mean, he's he's a giant man, so he's going to score. But when you put him against actual NBA guys, I don't, I don't think he'll do that great. All of his I- points are honestly just second chance points. He's in the right place at the right time because he's freaking 7-6 and can be anywhere he wants, and he just gets the rebound and just stands there and just dunks it without jumping. I don't see it for him. I want him to make it. I really do. His name's Taco, and he's 7-6 or whatever. I just, I don't know. I think he, as crazy as it sounds, I think he's too big. Oh, yeah. I mean, worked out for Yao, maybe. Maybe he's the next Yao. You never know. But part of me wishes he were on the Warriors so he could play with Jordan Bell. That way they have a nice little duo of Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I told you I'd put crickets, so there you go. Speaking of NBA Summer League, have you guys ever considered going to a Summer League game? No. Well, that's a shame because you should. And let me tell you where to get your tickets at. SeatGeek, because SeatGeek is the best ticket app out there. Just download it, look for your tickets, go to Summer League, go to MLB, do whatever you want. You can look for a, a diving competition if you want. And just look at the tickets. It's got a rating of 1 to 10, being good or bad. Click on it, go down, use our code FTSPOD, you get $20 off your first purchase. I mean, what more could you want? Ooh, $20 off? 
20 whole dollars. Ooh, 20 spanking I'll, dollars. I might actually go then. Really? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's go up to Cleveland or Indy for a day. Absolutely. Yeah, you could have got your home run derby tickets there. Yeah, no, you can get anything you want on SeatGeek. Definitely download it and definitely use our code FTSPOD. All right, that wraps up another episode of the From the Sidelines podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at the FTS pod. And if you want to send in your feedback, question, or comments to us, or just tell Josh how's it going, how's it going, email us at the FTS pod at gmail.com or send us a DM on our social media accounts. Bye, have a good time. Bye, have a good time.